Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Gil, I have one question and one question only for you. What do you prefer, Goku's Kamehameha or Ryu's Hadouken? I mean, that is not the question I thought you were going to ask me, to be honest, mate. I don't know what I expected, to be fair. It's such a grab bag of opinions and stuff when yeah. it comes to filming the UBP, the UBP. Um, the U and the B and the P. Well, I've, I mean... The, What's your gut feeling? Because I was like, the, right, is okay, it a okay, power okay, comparison? Okay, okay. So, like, so the Kamehameha, the Kamehameha, yeah. is, is obviously incredibly powerful and super iconic. <laughs> uh-huh. However, I was brought up with, in my life, Street Fighter came first before I even knew Dragon Ball existed. So mm-hmm. for me, the Hadouken is always going to be the sort of, like, the uh, fireball to the heart of my Well, that, I thought the because that was my thing. I was like, reuse side of it, the Hadouken, is, for me, is more iconic. I get that the Kamehameha, like, it's an energy blast version mm-hmm. of it, that, like, that would be the one that takes the cake. And that's what won on my Twitter poll. But mm-hmm. I thought that Ryu would have won. I just thought everyone would side with Street Fighter. But Goku won it's public because opinion. It's, right, okay, do you know why Goku. it is, mate? It's because it's the most recent thing that's appeared in Fortnite. And mm. let's face it, a load of people out there are like <laughs> Fortnite deniers, which is great because it's people it like, be. like, I never play Fortnite. I don't know anything about this, but I will watch every single video of every single crossover and I've definitely played mm. it and I've won a few of those. Uh, I don't. I was going to say Chicken Dinners. It's a different game that shows I don't actually play uh, this PUBG's game. PUBG is the Chicken Dinners. I don't, Fortnite, it's a Victory Royale, I believe. Oh, I've not played Fortnite yeah, yeah, since, uh, yeah. since 2017 when it initially blew up. But um, but yes, this is the Entitled Battle Podcast. I am Scott Hilford. You are Jules Gill. I am indeed, whether I want to be or not. <laughs> Yes, you're forced to be, at least on a Friday when we record this podcast, where we ask for all your questions, talking points, and whatever else you'd like us to talk about. But I just wanted to open on the old Goku versus Ryu, because I thought of that the other day, and I was like, no one's, I've not seen anyone compare this okay. in terms of signature iconic energy blast. The thing is, is that like Goku often crops up in sort of like uh, anime and video game and film things of who would mm. beat who, and Goku mm. majoritively just wins. Like, hands yeah. down, just amazing. So, uh, the thing is, we know, both Scott and I know, that the Hadouken is definitely not as powerful as no. uh, as Goku's energy blasts in general, but mm. in terms of uh, iconic, I'd say that Street Fighter's Hadouken thing, I don't know. You know, I think that uh, Dragon Ball's like uh, Dragon Ball's just been around for longer as well, so more people know I about it. I think it probably is proxy. Goku. Goku could beat Ryu as well. Like he would just power up. I mean, Ryu oh, can yeah, become yeah, evil 100%. Ryu, but he's not. You know, oh, he's evil not Ryu. Be, uh... You just get his ass handed to him. Like the, the moment that you turn, <laughs> he's not going to be the moment you turn, you add uh, evil to your name. Goku's already mm. won because Goku always triumphs over evil. That is that a thing that he does. True, there is Goku Black, but I've not I've not watched Super where he turns up. But he's yeah. in fight, is he? Anyway, we get a whole bunch of submissions from you guys, so we'll get through as many questions as we can. First one from Jack Asbury, who says, "Hope we have a good time at EGX. That's this weekend. Yay. You're going to be there. You can't see it, but I'm doing my well. Kermit the Frog." Oh, 
arm waving thing. <laughs> yeah, yay, yay, the I'm waving so excited, yay. Inflatable arms. Um, he says, what is our most anticipated game to play while we're there? Um, oh. Mine Sonic Frontiers. I'm not you hiding this. Right. I you, you <laughs> With you, what are you you've got literally all those games there, all of those like crazy indie titles where people are uh-huh. trying new and experimental Bin stuff. chickens, left, got, right, and center. You've got like Street Fighter Six, mate, yeah. and then you're talking about Sonic <laughs> Frontiers. I've got to know. I need to know. It's that I've got to know. I've got to. I mean, this is the year of Sonic. I had a whole love in with Sonic this year. I played the entire franchise. You say it's the, the year of Sonic every single time Sonic comes out. <laughs> I swear down that you said the this about Sonic. what was that rubbish one that had you creating your own character? That one rubbish one. The, oh yeah. Oh, so that was like, Sonic Forces. Right, I, yeah. I you back. said that it was the year of Sonic when that came out. That well, that was like 2018 or something. That I mean, I would have played it at the time. I thought it was terrible. I went back to it when I was doing the bubble earlier this year, and right. I thought it was all right. I made, oh, I made yeah. little me. What is what? It's like a little wolf man? I thought it was all right. Okay, so walk me through this, Scott. What's going on? Like, this <laughs> Are is you this, all right? This is you doing the great turn. Basically, you know that like Sonic 06 and Sonic uh, Ri- Boom Rise of Lyric, they're bad games. Mm. Yeah, I feel, I worry that if I do not interject right now, that you're going to turn around in about three years' time and be like, you know what, mate? Not actually that bad. Not actually that bad, mate. Had a good time. The Star Wars prequel effect. Yeah. The thing with Sonic Boom is, um, Sonic Boom, the main game, sucks. Like, obviously, it was unfinished. It was buggy as hell. Mm-hmm. Didn't play very well. Sonic Boom on the 3D Yes, surprisingly good. Is it there's now? A, there's, Do you know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't know Go that on. because I stay away from that franchise. <laughs> I didn't even know it existed until I was looking into every single Sonic game. And I was like, oh, there's like a whole other version of this that's like an actual finished game. Oh, um, brilliant. But yeah, I secretly low-key love the Sonic Boom designs now. I think they work as like a little spin-off thing, knowing that they kind of course-corrected afterwards. Like, yes. You know, Sonic Mania and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but And also the Sonic Boom uh, TV show is absolutely stellar. I will not... Never mention that. that. That is a phenomenal show. That's a very well-written show. I've heard that it's actually quite good because it, it just plays shot, fast like and loose with taking the piss out of itself. And I'm always yes. I'm always a fan of shows that are just kind of like, you know what, we've made a few mistakes. Here we go, there we go, let's go. Oh, God, they, they've got like three or four locations and there's a bit towards the end of the season where they're just sort of like, how many other storylines can we do in three locations? <laughs> it's just things like that where I'm yeah. just like, you guys know how lame Sonic is. Like, that's the whole thing. Um, but yeah, so mine's definitely Sonic Frontiers. I just need to know what state that game's in and yes. if I can extract any fun from it whatsoever. Um, how about you? Um, I'm really looking forward to Street Fighter 6 because... Mm. Even though I uh, am very well aware that we won't get a chance to play the single player stuff, I feel like mm. it's just going to be like the versus mode stuff. I assume so. I'm yeah. looking forward to trying out some classic characters against the new ones that they're introducing. Uh, I know mm-hmm. that there's meant to be six playable characters, the demos that are going around at the moment. So looking mm-hmm. forward to that. Um, I hope that they will give you a, an indication of what it's going to be like for the single play. Even if it's just like mm. a trailer, like some extra footage and stuff. Because at the moment, that's the bit I'm the most worried about. Because right. like you, you played Jump Force, <laughs> didn't you? Hell yeah! Well, I, hell yeah, yeah. I did the demo of Jump Force. I we should do. A, I was thinking this. We should do a list of games, um, you know, collectors' editions or collectibles or bonus items that were better than their games. Oh yeah, because the statue that you got with Jump Force <laughs> yeah. was way better yeah. than the game itself. Like the one of Goku and one and um, dude from One Piece and Naruto was way better. My worry is is that whenever I see a decent collectors' edition, as in like, oh, I want to buy this because of the stuff that's in there, I mm-hmm. think to myself, oh, that means the game itself is going to be terrible. It like goes like um, uh, the Venn diagrams crossover. It's like the more they mm-hmm. do, it's like just says it's like terrible game in the middle because mm-hmm. it was like I was looking at that um, God of War Ragnarok uh, pre-order stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, let's face it. The only thing I want out of that entire thing is the dice. I like the dice that's in there. But it's, <laughs> I was one, that. But it's one tiny thing in that game. So that makes me think, even though they're putting a load of other tat in it, that this mm-hmm. game is going to be great. But when it was like the um, the Saints Row uh, Millionaires edition where you buy all this oh, thing, that, that immediately put me off of it because I was right. just like, right, okay, you're, I know that you're doing this as a joke and mm-hmm. we're taking the piss out of... Um, collector's editions in general but at the same mm. time i was like yeah you, you, you're, you're really just your gimmick is gimmicks that's all you've yes, got so you're trying game, to distract it? us from everything else yeah. i like saints 4 but that was the game that sort of broke the franchise mm. um but yeah ejx you'll be there on saturday i yes, think you're there across the afternoon yes um, i'll be arriving in the morning Sai will be there too i'm not sure what time they're arriving but i think it's across the saturday as well i think that we're Sunday. all gonna try and reconvene or meet up around about uh uh, what 10 11 ish like when it starts yeah. opening and then we'll meet you when you get in because obviously you're going to arrive a bit later and then we're going to yes. be heading over to the republic of jungle stand which is located and again i should know this by now um <laughs> it, let's just say it's in the great hall the, the yeah we're doing some hall. sort of uh, stage thing where we've got Wait. to do republic of jungle which is a a, a game where we're going to be suspecting each other yes I, i'm it, just going to accuse you the entire time i don't i don't know it's a party game in which uh you basically have to help the uh president who in this case is uh an anthropomorphic puma President called puma. President Puma yes. um, cover up all of these scandals that's going on and one of you is a leaker <laughs> who's trying to get these stories out there technically mm-hmm. would make them the good guy the whistleblower in this case because they are scandals yeah. after all and the other players are trying to stop that from happening and it's mm-hmm. all about sort of uh, lying tricking using special powers and stuff like that to make sure that yeah. the information doesn't get out it's going to be a great laugh and we're going to be there from 1.30 until question mark and then there's going to be a little like um, a meet and greet breakout session afterwards mm-hmm. we can come chat with us and even maybe get a chance to play with us on stage which would be great yes uh, worth pointing out that the republic of jungle stuff is sponsored stuff but it's very like avalon and yeah. um that thing game and stuff like that anything where you get to pretend you're something you're not and lie to your friends um is always good oh we love a good betrayal game don't we scott we love <laughs> a good betrayal game i've not i've still not rec- i think i've talked about it maybe on this podcast and um, when we played the thing and ash was yep. the thing and yep. she revealed it at the end i've still never <laughs> yeah. really recovered from that it was um, just like anyway, on the helicopter just like fingers raised middle fingers in the air just like yeah. enjoy that <laughs> assholes like, that was uh, yeah that sort of maybe just distrust our entire social circle but not to worry yeah. um, next question from Willie Araya who says do CD Projekt Red deserve the goodwill they're getting after edge runners uh, towards cyberpunk it's weird no one mentions the anime was officially announced mid 2020 when the game was still in development wouldn't it have been better to have the amazing 10 out of 10 storytelling in the game instead of licensing it now um, I th- I this think is a very interesting question we, we spoke about this in the similar term as, as we did Hello Games when they um, went back and mm. retooled and uh, from the ground up No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. I do think that CD Projekt Red is in a slightly different position to them. They had a ton of goodwill going in that was yep. already uh, established from prior games like the Witcher series. Mm-hmm. They didn't deliver what they expected. There was some sort of shady situations with the review outlets only getting copies of code that worked to the highest possible standard when the yeah, rest of the game was... PC. And like last generation uh, consoles were not up to scratch. Mm-hmm. That they do de- definitely deserve to be raked over the coals for. But mm-hmm. I do commend their commitment to actually going back and continuing to release re-updates and making sure that the game comes out. Admittedly, Mm -hmm. it's a case of the thing that Scott and I always say, you're actually just better off waiting, and if you pick up Cyberpunk (laughs) today, as in went and played it today, you would be playing a game that is in such a good state compared to where it was before. 
I always really loved Cyberpunk. I love it even mm-hmm. more now. I've actually reinstalled it because of the Edge Runner stuff. I finished that uh, the anime like the other day. I really like Edge Runners. I think it starts out a little bit rocky. Yeah. But um, overall, it's a great story. The thing is that's like the um, Willie Array is mentioning is you know wouldn't it be better to have that level of storytelling in the game? For me, they both hit very similar thematics anyway. They're both about the same idea of what Night City represents and disconnecting from it and mm-hmm. like, the value of human connection and forging a relationship inside of all that. Mm-hmm. So it's very similar stuff anyway. Um, and it's not like the game doesn't have a really good storyline. Uh, sorry, really good story and really good characters anyway. Um, and it, ideally, if they'd rolled these, if they hadn't messed it up, they would have both just arrived together anyway. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that you've got to look at the main story campaign. Actually, I found really engaging. I enjoyed yeah. that. Up until a lot of like the sort of like, I, I feel like it lost me towards the end and then suddenly grabbed me back in for the very, okay. very end because it was mm-hmm. like a case of, I felt like we were just like treading water for a bit and all the Johnny Silverhand stuff was just like, it felt like it was pushed a lot more than maybe it right. felt natural to. You but do the I, whole thing where you sort of live like his final day, yeah, and like doing yeah. gigs as him and stuff. I liked all that stuff, I, I, but it does I, go I on did a bit. enjoy that as well. But I just felt like um, they, I felt that they were almost two separate things. I feel like it could have mm. been extrapolated as a separate campaign, but right, that's beside right. the point. Mm. The reason mm. that the anime seems to be hitting with so much uh, more heft than Cyberpunk done is because it's doing so over a shorter period of time. You are looking mm. at like condensed how many hours worth of TV versus how many hours worth of gameplay, and, yeah. and developers are put under so much pressure to make. Make sure that their games are both engaging and long because you are paying mm-hmm. for quantity and quality. And that mm-hmm. can sometimes make it feel like your main narrative thread, which is very condensed and um, really impactful, feels mm-hmm. stretched out and thin over the course of 60 hours or so. So that's they a are the, really good point. They are the same story, just told in different mediums. Yeah, that's honestly that's a really really good point. The uh, the, the cyberpunk anime is only like twenty minutes per episode, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's only about ten episodes anyway. Like yeah. you can really burn through it. Yeah, um, and like I said, it hits a lot of the same uh, beats as the the game does in terms of the the takeaway points that like I guess certain endings are making. The ending I got in cyberpunk was very much lined up with how Edge Runners goes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that like it's just a weird thing with cyberpunk. Like it's just it's we're two years later now. Like it's been patched loads. The Edge Runners content is doing really well. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I reinstalled it. I was like, I'm gonna go back. I mean, I've already got over 100 hours in cyberpunk but i was like, yeah. i'm gonna dive back in start a new save i'll do a nomad um and immediately i went back into the city and i picked up my old save sorry from uh, from near the beginning and immediately jackie the character just walked through a car <laughs> just just like i just loaded my save. It was the first few seconds of going back on it and i was like yeah well this hasn't changed yeah, that there's, much there's still a few technical bugs then yeah this is 100 um but yeah i still really recommend that game i love yeah. it um next question from elfar oliver who says good evening or morning or whatever time it is quick food statement best side i've ever had with pizza is dipping the crust in chocolate dip. Easy oh, as that. come on, mate. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, God. Okay, so, so this means that we're left with a situation where you've eaten all of your pizza and you've put your crusts mm. to the side and then turned that into a dessert. Now, I commend you... I've still you, never done that. I commend you in one sense for making sure mm. that you're not wasting your crust because I hate people who wait the cr- waste the crust. It's like, <laughs> come on, use it. They're like, dip it in something. Like, yeah, the yeah, chocolate yeah. sauce... I mean, there's nothing to hate. It's bread and chocolate sauce in that sense. But mm. my problem is, is that there's cheese and tomato elements that are still going to be at that very residue. edge, that corner bit there. And unless you've nibbled mm. it to the precise thing to turn them into breadsticks, <laughs> which, again, is an insane image. Mm-hmm. And I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what's going on here. I can't, I mean, I can't I support forget, this. I can't support it. I'm not sure if it's the Papa or if it's Domino's, but you can buy or I remember getting a series of breadsticks from one of these outlets with a chocolate dipping sauce. Someone else has gone madness. near this before. Madness. Mad, yeah, it felt like madness at the time. But I guess, yeah, like you said, bread and chocolate, yes. But pizza bread... 
No, yeah, it I depends just, how it's done. Because it just, you, like I say, you might have the remnants of the previous uh, main course <laughs> in your dessert then. And I can't Pizza imagine remnants. anything worse than trying to, uh, to mix herby tomato sauce, cheese, ah. bread, and chocolate. That yeah. does sound like a madness combination. I don't need right that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Oliver also said, uh, when we finally do a feast of all our food recommendations combined, will we drink our suggestions from the UBP mugs? Now, I have <laughs> sent another message to the UBP mug maker just saying, can we get any update on whatever the hell's going on? Because we feel like mugs. So right now, there's, well, we'll find out. But um, wait, so yeah. you, so, wait, so you sent a message and you didn't actually get a response? I haven't got a that's reply. I just, I, when I was, I well, like, when I was, I was gathering like, these questions, the people might want to know that they're coming together. I love because this. Because we don't like, know. Right, okay, so for weeks, we've been saying, like, the mugs are on the way, the mugs are on the way. And then you go out there and be like, wait, I've got an update. The mugs are still <laughs> potentially on the way. Well, to be fair, we never progressed past we've asked for them. That's about as far as we ever got with it. Okay, but so I'm, I'm making yeah. a statement right now. Go on. If we don't have a, um, a concrete answer by the 30th of September, which is going to be the next uh, time That's that we comes. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, uh-huh. um, I am going to take the designs. I'm going to put them onto a spreadsheet or wherever it is, like the, okay. the, the, the place, the merch place. And I'm going to sell them myself because we have gotten <laughs> to the point now where we have asked relentlessly and I yeah, will, give, I will yeah. give a cut to what culture, see how they like it for a change. Yeah, yeah. I love you threatening on the, on the middle of the podcast. I'll, I'll do it myself. I'll exactly, make my own merch. Exactly. Like, it's, literally, it was, it's an image made from a, from a mate from Rich Hudson. Yeah. It was done for this. We've asked for permission. We haven't, like, it's, it's, what's going on? Until Vanapod's been going for a year. We've had the doodles for a long. Uh, time it has actually been going for a year we've been doing over we did it one year special oh we mate did my brain has sent absolute <laughs> cottage cheese mate like when was that like, 
Oh, God, well, I don't, that's the thing. If you ask me more specific questions, yeah, I don't know, but I know that we've done it. We've definitely done over a year. Because I remember that fair being a, a talking point. Let's have a round of applause for us. I know, hey. go us, man. We've, uh, we've managed to we'll keep, this, keep this train going. Um, anyway, next question from Stallington Blade, who says, how much do you think Nintendo have had to compromise Breath of the Wild 2 to suit the limitations of the Switch? Um, I don't. I don't think mm. it's on the regular Switch. I think mm. it's on the next Switch. And then I guess they'll, have, they'll dial it back, but I think it's made for the next Switch, like, is my fan This theory. is the thing. I was under the assumption that they had just squeezed every line uh, last uh, ounce of power mm. out of the switch, and then Scott comes along with the idea that no, actually, this is just going to be for, so for them to drop <laughs> the new switch. And suddenly, mm. I'm totally on board with that idea. I do think that what better way to launch a flagship new model of your console than mm-hmm. with a flagship uh, video game like Breath of the Wild 2, Tears of or Tears of the Kingdom? People are saying people are saying Tears of the Kingdom, and I'm I like, think, it's definitely yeah. Tears. It's Tears. It has, to, it has to be Tears. I mean, I, well, I mean, it could it could be either because I guess the, the kingdom is literally torn apart at that point. I mean, we, but... we, we, we do. Like have Ratchet and Clank just pop out of like the tears in reality and just be like, sup, sup, let's go. I don't know if we're going to be doing some sort of time travel thing because we've got like the old corpse of Ganon and then yeah. Zelda's like manifesting loads of energy and we've got a 10,000 year gap to fill in. I don't know. But yeah. My my one sort of like rebuttal to that is yes. if you've got the architecture and if you are still using the exact same uh, ground level of the world but with a few twists like maybe it's decayed more similar mm. to how Crackdown 2 used the entire map from Crackdown 1 but then changed up the actual like aesthetic themes and a few Mm -hmm. extra bits to it you may be able to compress that uh data down in such Mm. a way that you could fit it onto uh, a cartridge and still have space to do the above sections because kind of like red dead one and two we've only seen uh link use that giant stone bird to fly across uh certain Mm -hmm. portions of the map what if we're looking at a situation where the above sections in the sky are completely loaded in separately and you cannot Mm. transition like by just because i know that it's it showed him jumping off the side and going down but what if that Mm. was just a high cliff and not actually in the sky (laughs) as in before or like the loading experience is you falling down to the ground sort of thing well, Skyward Sword did that where it was all separate. I, I, mm. like, I would have to hope that their big show-off moment is like all of this is one big thing. But like, yeah, they've been so coy with it. Like they've just, I mean, we've seen what like, in, in total, like 15 seconds of footage or something. Yeah. It's very, very little. There was um, another yeah. thing as well. Like um, you told me that the switch when it's undocked actually uses a different like method of power consumption and therefore it's not as intensive on the... Uh, I don't know if I said that, but I that's think, definitely, I think, a, I think that, that is we, the reality. I, I wasn't sure if it was you back in the day, but I'm, I'm, we're mm. talking like 2017 or something like that we might have this conversation <laughs> right. but I'm thinking to myself that maybe you can only do those like crazy things with the switch docked I mean would they when ever docked, say, yeah. would they ever say to a person hey look this mobile console that you've got now you can only mm. get the most out of Breath of the Wild 2 if it's docked that would well, be I'll tell you ooh. what I thought the thing that I thought was insane was like in regards to like splitting docked stuff and handheld stuff the new Nintendo Switch Sports only works docked like you can play true? a handheld I didn't know that but well, it depends. I guess it depends on the type of game you're playing. But they, some of them need gyro controls, mm. so it just barely works on the on the Nintendo Switch Lite. In fact, I don't think it loads at all on the Nintendo Switch Lite. Oh, I just remember thinking that was insane. I was like, I was going to buy Nintendo Switch Sports just to have a bunch of handheld yeah, sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I was just like, well, what's the point? I can't just play a handheld game of something. Maybe they've changed that or patched it. But I remember uh, looking into that at the time, and it was like because they rely on gyro controls, you can't have it uh, handheld. See, this, so this kind of is um, a life lesson for the kids listening at home here. Hmm. Uh, don't ever get your hopes up. Um, you are going to be constantly disappointed. And as Scott just said here, uh, once you hit your sort of like uh, like early 30s, 
what's the point? What's the point? If it doesn't give you exactly what it says in the tin, Ron Seal yeah. argument, what's the point? Yeah. What's the point, mate? There's no mug. All yeah. you've got is your bread and your chocolate. Oh, don't just, bring up just... mugs, mate. It's too soon, mate. It's too soon, <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> Just have five minutes. Um, but yeah, I think Breath of the Wild 2, um, I think they'll do what they did with the Nintendo Switch version where it releases on both platforms simultaneously. But mm. I think it'll be made for the next Switch. I think that's why it was delayed so much. God. Um, yeah, God. Just... Do you remember when the Wii U version was launched and everyone was like, what's the point of buying the Switch version? And, yeah. like, and then Nintendo was like, oh, Crap! What is the what is the right reason? Like, like <laughs> I remember, I love at the time. Like, what was that? 2016, 2017 when they had to differentiate the difference, and they said uh, differentiate the difference. Yeah. They had to make a point of saying the Switch version was worth it, and they said the Switch version had better uh, grass effects and yeah, audio. <laughs> And I was like, brilliant. Yeah, we're all just zooming in, looking at the waves of the grass. Like, uh, that's, that's the best I remember them doing, like, you know, the uh, IGM when they do their sort of, like, graphics comparisons between different mm. consoles and PC and stuff like that. They did one for uh, the, the Switch. It was literally the same game, the same footage. <laughs> and I was just uh, like, the only difference here is the price. You're paying 10 yeah. quid more for level the It's Nintendo, same. though, so we just oh. do the little theme song and we just Legends. laugh and buy it. Legends anyway. of the game. I think um, the only thing that's interesting, or one of the things that's interesting about Breath of the Wild 2 is that, assumedly, the UI will be completely different because the UI on the Switch was made for the Wii U's tablet. Yes, That's yes. why it was all tile-based and whatever. So it's I wonder quite if they've reinvented actually, wasn't that. It? Like, um, yeah, a lot of people didn't like it. I didn't mind it, but I think that, like, yeah, they might end up, like, changing that stuff around. But yeah, we'll see what the hell that thing is. I think we'll know more, uh, like, I guess next March or next sure. May, whatever, when we get closer to the, to the release date. Um, next question from Gula Loper, who says, if we could wipe any memory of the perfect gameplay experience from our minds and play it all again, what would you play? Um, for me, it's the third boss of the Shadow of, Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, truly mesmerizing. Yeah. So I guess you can you can get more specific, more okay. granular. Okay. If you want something so specific. I thought about this because I actually mm-hmm. uh, recently uh, wrote a list about sort of like video game moments that you wish you could forget for the right reasons. And <laughs> oh, that's cool. I was I was like thinking about like a Bioshock and uh, Bioshock, and it's like would you kindly thing. I thought that, mm. I thought that that was going to be my most pivotal moment, but I actually realized that if I forgot that and then went back through it again. Maybe like, you know, when you like do the butterfly effect where you think like maybe it was a perfect storm of what was going on in my life at the time, what I was like mm-hmm. reading because I read the book alongside it and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. Maybe I wouldn't have the same appreciation and love for it if I just went and redid the game itself. Now, right. I think that I would like to instead recapture a moment of my youth uh, by going back way back way to when Resident Evil 1 came out for the PlayStation oh. 1. And right. Because me and my cousin Neil, we played through that game together. And when I say we played through, he played through a lot of the games. Right. And I basically just sat there absolutely trying not to like <laughs> wet my pants sort of thing. It was, uh-huh. it was pretty terrifying as a young kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to go back and recapture that moment. Like go back, play that game with him, have that experience again. Mm. That would be lovely because that and Resident Evil 2 were pretty much my uh, entryway into horror as being an enjoyable video game medium. Like before right. that, I'd, I'd never been had shown any interest in it, no interest in like horror scary films because obviously you're a kid. Mm. But this mm. time was like, oh, this is scaring me and I kind of want to know why it's scaring me. I think for me, like, because my, um, I remember thinking like horror-wise, earliest memories, it's things like in the original Metal Gear Solid, like there are parts that are really freaky yeah. and creepy. Like when you're in the elevator and then Otacon's just like, hey, the guys that stole my stealth prototype suits are in there with you it's and like, I just what? thought that was I thought that was terrifying because I was like oh there's like three bodies right next to you um, yeah things like that or when you find the corridor full of bodies before you fight Grey Fox yeah that's, um, that but, was intense as a kid that was that was a lot yeah, of blood and gore for like a game that didn't have that chest much chest opened up yep it's, uh, it's freaky but yeah for me if it's a specific moment my most euphoric thing in gaming it's um, when you get the rocket launcher for the first time in Halo 2 and you just get to take on the scarab tank <laughs> oh, I just da, 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 that, da, da, yeah da, exactly da, da. the music kicks in and I just <laughs> 
Yeah. It's so good. And it's just like the fact that they give you like, okay, it's like you've got this big long runway, this big long like kind of um, almost like an alleyway kind of thing yep. um, <clears throat> with a bunch of raised platforms. And it's like, okay, how do you as Master Chief want to take on this tank? And you can kind of get ahead of it and jump onto the thing and clear it out from the inside out. Or you can just like pick your spots from the outside. I just absolutely loved how freeform that was. It was like yep. a moving level. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, it's backed by uh, Steve Vai's Molnir mix of the original Halo music, and which is God, in itself it is so good. I, I, right. The sweetest piece of music ever. Is is that like not just up there? Is it one of the best <gasps> pieces of video game music ever? I, th- I honestly think so. I mean, mm. every time I go back to the Halo music, um, the main Halo theme I think is one of the greatest pieces of, of video game music ever, or pieces of orchestral music ever, or whatever. Um, just the um, the sort of I don't know what you would call. I was going to call it gang vocals. What would you call the chants? Like the the singing, the sort of rhythmic orchestral, singing, it's like, like choir singing stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. kind of like choir singing. Um, that sort of elevates it in a way that so few other games, if any, really have have gone anywhere near. Um, but yeah, that's up there with like Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy IX. Just those really like god tier scores. Um, um, or like Persona 4 or something. Like stuff oh, that is just Persona absolutely... Persona 5 has got an amazing soundtrack. 5 is well. incredible yeah. too, yeah. Um, but yeah, Halo, and then especially just adding... I mean, it was 2003 or 2 or whatever when Halo mm-hmm. 2 came out. Adding um, just guitar riffs and crazy solos and all that kind of stuff. Um, shout out to, if you go on YouTube, you can watch when Steve I first recorded that. And um, the vast majority of what's in the final cut, he just improvised on the spot. That's incredible. Like, it's really cool. There's like a half hour version where he's just playing and playing and playing. And they're just sort of like, oh, do you want to do another one? He's like, yep, cool. Let me try this, this, this. <laughs> And then they just sort of stitched it together into this perfect version that became the uh, the final version. But there is like one run in the middle of that that just is what they used for the final song. That's like, so cool. Steve Vai is unreal. If you just like his playing, you can watch yeah. way more of it. Um, but yeah. Uh, next question from Bob Grant, who says, looking back, what's your favorite list that you've done? Just curious. Favorite list that I've done? I mean, it's hard to pick a favorite when we, between us, you we've love done them all. over... Let's like ballpark figure. How many mm. lists do we record a week? We probably do between. Oh God. At the very least, we do five. At the very mm-hmm. most, I do about twenty-five. Um, <laughs> You're so, across multiple channels. I'm yeah. I'm just gaming, but I, I'm also more on the management side of it. So I'm giving I give out about fifty ideas or something. But like in terms of my voice, it's it's two two to three a I, week for me. I think that since I've been here since twenty sixteen ish. That I must have done over a thousand <laughs> lists now. You'll have done a lot. I mean, if you go on our website, on the website starts, like nearly every voiceover is an article, so you can look at yeah. the amount of articles you've done. Um, there's so, an abs- there's an absolute ton. So trying to pick my favorite out of that <laughs> is I like asking me which grain of sand I enjoyed getting mm. in my shoe the most. No, I, I kid, I kid. I love I love <laughs> I loved working on the majority of them. There are a few um, yeah. uh, articles out there that you are. I remember when I was especially uh, earlier on in the business i was like you just do those ones there like you don't yeah. don't adapt them don't do anything you just have to read it as written and i was like mm-hmm. it's not really my this, take that's, that's not the really most my take, worky okay. part of it yeah yeah but uh, the, i think i'd say that uh, like any of my um i mean it's it's not a list because it's the these things suck stuff but i mm-hmm. love every single one of those because mm-hmm. it's being able to write in a over-the-top hyperbolic way of how much I dislike something. And me as a person, <laughs> I like to think of myself as quite a positive person. So for me mm-hmm. to like deep, dig deep and be like, oh, what really annoys me about video mm-hmm. games? I enjoy well, like the industry is so stupid and over-the-top and like is is sometimes needs to be insulted or have the negatives yeah. pointed out that it always fits. Um, yeah, for the specific lists, I always like end 
of year stuff. I always love mm. when we can do best games of the year because I get to finally like sit down and go back over everything and then try and rank it. And we can have some of the uh, weighted rankings that we've done where everyone yeah. votes for stuff like the Crash Bandicoot remake. Oh, the, the best, whatever the best reason, one, the best one, the best one. I don't even think it is. Um, when that was on our best games of the year for 2018 or 19 or whatever you hell, hellish year that you was. You Ridiculous. But uh, that was all in there. And then, uh, yeah, if it's outside of list stuff, if it's just videos, it would be just any of the editorial stuff that we get to do. Um, I love, there was a whole oh. thing about Red Dead Redemption 2 and Rockstar that I was a big yeah. fan of. And then, yeah, um, yeah list-wise, I did a piece on the other month. It was like why people are giving up on video games. It was just looking at the statistics coming out of the pandemic and just how people are treated as consumers, um, which I thought was maybe way too negative. But the response to it in the comments was like, okay, thank you for saying this. I completely feel this as well. Yeah. Um, so I felt way more vindicated as an old ranty man. I also enjoyed doing my um, Seven Deadly Gaming Sins with uh, yes. Osley, uh, who's now obviously mm-hmm. moved on. We like did, uh, went through every single uh, gaming sin and found it and applied it to the industry and I enjoyed doing that because again Mm -hmm. even though it's like writing from a negative space I enjoyed looking at things in a slightly more critical fashion and Mm -hmm. you know emulating the likes of uh, Stephanie Sterling and stuff like that because it's that Mm -hmm. thing of like being able to talk openly about video games freely and critique them but in a way Mm -hmm. that's trying to make the industry better yeah definitely I think that that's always the thing about like some people I think confuse the idea of what being a fan is for me like being a fan of something is that you can see the negatives and you can address them and critique them and like suggest ways to improve them it's not being a fanboy or whatever where you just blindly love something like to truly love something is to see the flaws and acknowledge them and talk about them 100% Um, agree yeah, that makes it stronger overall. Um, next question from Paul Parsons, who says, as someone who foolishly stayed with the Xbox during the one era and beyond, what brands have you stayed loyal to long after you should have? Doesn't have to be food, or when, was it nostalgia that kept you with them? Um, what have I stayed loyal to? Very little, my friend. I'm like a mercenary <laughs> in my life. My loyalty is for Not higher. even Sonic. <laughs> Not even Sonic could keep him. It's uh, He's got to say no at some point. Nah, it's, it's Dynasty Warriors, isn't it? Like, I, know that, <laughs> I know that half of the games that come out are absolute trash, but at the same mm. time, I cannot stop playing them uh, recently i so this is the thing scott i know that you don't mm. you you are well versed in the dynasty warriors uh canon as i could were. have a conversation on it but i've not played one since like two now there's like they do like occasionally do these things called offshoots where they're like um they're called empires games and what they are mm-hmm. instead of like the hack and slash thing of you just going through the romance of the three kingdom saga you actually get a bit of like base management army management you get to send Ooh. like people through china choose which regions to attack and how you're going to do it how many men are you going to send there how much mm-hmm. backups and power like they are the like light strategy element that really hooks me in and mm-hmm. There is the newest one, which is Dynasty Warriors Nine Empires, which is, and <laughs> I know it is hot garbage. Like it is okay. bad compared to the previous ones that we got because it's just like taking le- less, more and more away each time the mm-hmm. one comes out. But uh-huh. I am about forty hours deep in it, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? I think Dynasty Warriors is your Sonic. The thing that yeah, came to mind <laughs> um, in terms of what have I... Well, that's the thing. Sonic would be absolutely be mine because I was talking to my wife about this the other day. The actual hit ratio of worthwhile Sonic games, there's it's like so four low. of them. It's so low. It's so low. Like, you look, look at the amount that there are in total. Let's say there's like 50 mainline games or something. There's like 10% of them, if that is worth playing. Okay, um, let's go through but, the good games, right? Because it's easier okay. to list the good games in Sonic rather than the bad ones. Mm-hmm. So good games are Sonic Adventures... Two. I, no, 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 no. no I, I'm not even. One? Not even. Oh, dude, if you go back to Sonic Adventure now, those games suck. Okay, fair. I, right. I, off, they, off I'm the just. Table. I'm going. Uh, I'm going two. Okay, you got the original trilogy, Sonic, like you know, Sonic One, Two, Three. Yep. Um, Sonic Mania, which is kind of like the original trilogy, but you've got the bonus levels. Okay, so we've got um, four. I. 
like really love Sonic Generations. I think that's a really good blur of the old and the new. That was the one where um, you had the 2D elements playing as the old Sonic, and then you had 3D yes. elements playing as the newer Sonic, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. And you can do yeah, the, like each level is reinterpreted two different ways. It plays two different ways. Um, that game just plays really, really well. And then what? Do that you have? might be what? it. That might be it. I mean, there's other stuff that I can have fun with, like Sonic Colors, and I can have fun with Sonic Forces. There's a bit where you team up with Sonic as your little avatar yeah. in Sonic Forces, and it plays a really cheesy what? song. And no. I was like, this is like me with Sonic, this. No Shadow the Hedgehog, mate. No Sonic I, I can't. No Sonic the Fighters. Well, What's wrong with you? I almost downloaded Sonic the Fighters. It get was on out, sale for like out. £2, and right. I was like, I don't need this. Two, I don't need this right. in my life. You might as well have thrown that £2 down the toilet and flushed it, mate. <laughs> what are you doing? I just did, yeah, I didn't need that in my life. And like I said, I played all the Sonic games. I've still not played Shadow the Hedgehog. Uh, Shadow the Hedgehog. Don't. So just don't. That's Josh's favorite Sonic game, but I it's not a Sonic game. So Shadow the Hedgehog is to Sonic the Hedgehog what uh, Dirge of Cerberus is to Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> God, if someone said their favorite Final Fantasy was Dirge of Cerberus, that's what I feel when someone says Shadow is their favorite. I've met people Sonic. who have said that. I when I went to school with um, with a kid who got um, Final Fantasy Dirge of Cerberus. Uh, no one else in the class had bought it because right. we'd all seen it for what it actually was, and just. Mm-hmm was touting it as being the best Final Fantasy game. <laughs> like, Final Fantasy VI, get out of here. Final Fantasy VII, we don't ha, need you. pass, mate. Final Fantasy VII. We just need aiming mechanics Dirge over, over our shoulders. And no jumping. Yeah, that yeah. thing, I mean, as much as they're trying to revisit a lot of plot points for uh, the upcoming Crisis Core stuff and the upcoming mobile remake remake of Final Fantasy VII, I don't need Dirge Cerberus in my life whatsoever. And they keep saying that it's going to be part of the main timeline, and I just don't need it in there. Um, remake yeah, part two is going to come out and just be just a remake of Dirge Cerberus. <laughs> like. The thing is, at like, the end of Dirge Cerberus, if they go down that route again, yeah, it breaks no everything. Sense. Can- canonically, it makes no just, sense because of um, yeah. him being a demon at the end. Yeah, he's like a big old god or something, yeah. so I don't know what they're going to do with that. Anyway, this has been the Entitled Fanta Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Hill, for joined by Jules Gill. Thank you very much for having me. A massive thank you to all of you for sending in your questions. You can find us over on Twitter, at slash LP89, for myself and Jules. I'm at RetroJ, but the O is a zero. And remember to check in next Thursday, because we'll be asking for your hot takes, uh, be yes. they gaming, film, uh, music, or food, or otherwise. Anything else. Ask us any question at all, apart from, like, you know, like, bank details and, like, other stuff <laughs> that we're to, like, hack our lives and dox us. Yeah, apart from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't do that. The, 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 hot, the hot pin codes that yeah. we can, uh, we can run up. Um, but yes, but for now, thank you all very much and we'll catch you next week. Bye everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Where my mug, where my mug, where is the mug? catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.